ברוך השם, you're a bad Jew. שלום. You are listening to another episode of Bad Jew. There are a lot of podcasts out there, but you chose our show out of the millions, the literal millions that exist out there to tune in to Bad Jew to do some Jewish learning with us. Thank you so, so much from the bottom of our heart. With me today is none other than the lovely Ray Schiller. Ray, how are you doing today? Hello, I'm so good, Chaz. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. I'm doing pretty good. Again, I want to thank you for being on this show. For those who don't know, Ray Schiller, Ray Schiller is a comedian, but I am not going to do the talking for them. They are going to do the talking. Without further ado, we're going to challenge Ray to the Bad Jew Challenge, where you got to tell your life story in four minutes. Are you ready? Only four minutes? Are you kidding me? <laughs> All right. Ready? Okay. Set, go. All right. Hello, everyone. I'm Ray Schiller. I was born in Los Angeles, California. Uh, and then I moved to New York. I grew up in New York. I grew up an Orthodox Jew in New York. I um, went to seminary in Israel. I uh, studied computer science and uh, digital media at Hunter College in new york on the upper east side and um then i worked as a software engineer for two years at jp morgan chase and then i was like you know what this is i'm gonna actually do stand-up comedy and screenwriting because life is odd like that sometimes so uh now i'm doing uh stand-up comedy and um screenwriting and i love it so much I talk a lot about being LGBTQ and talk about being Jewish and leaving the Orthodox community and learning how to find a new type of Judaism than the one that I grew up in and one that I love so much and um, one that makes me feel just warm and whole. And that's the kind of Judaism that I hope that everyone can find and access. I loved being Orthodox at the time. I loved Torah. I loved learning. I went to a more from religious seminary than most people did in my high school. Because of who I am, the Judaism that I loved couldn't love me back. And it was honestly one of the most heartbreaking things that I have experienced. Um, And I kind of describe my relationship with Judaism as like a love story where I loved her, but but we had to we had to, we went through some tough times, you know, and and now now we're back. Now we're back to to being in love again. Um, the, because of who I am as a queer person, because of who I am as, just a, a loud speaker, someone who wants to be a leader. Uh, unfortunately, that really isn't a possibility for women in orthodoxy. And people might, I know people will fight me on that, but uh, the way I see it, it's not really a possibility. So in college is when I actually started leaving the community more and it was one of the hardest things I've ever done. Um, leaving the Orthodox community. And I, for a while, I hated Judaism. I hated it. I wanted nothing to do with it. Uh, 
And um, it was really through amazing organizations like Eschel, uh, JQ, LGBTQ Orthodox Jewish organizations that helped me realize that I can be queer and Jewish to answer the question of this podcast. Uh, and I don't have to sacrifice one part of myself for the other. Well said. Well, with three seconds left on the clock, that was really good. Thank um, you, Jez. Yeah. Well, I mean, you you kind of teed it up perfectly for this show, which is to kind of explore how it is possible to be LGBTQ and Jewish. And I think that'll really give us some insight into your journey. There's a lot for me to learn. I, I can tell you right now that, you know, between the way that I was raised and the values that I've come to embrace, you know, I am an inclusive person and I am for LGBTQ rights. And I remember, you know, being in San Francisco at when I went to San Francisco state, right. I went to San Francisco state and being there when gay marriage was legalized. And I remember crying tears of joy for a people that I considered myself an ally to. Mm. So I was really, really excited for that. And I love that it became, you know, a part of reality, but now, you know, you, Ray, you've gone through your journey. You've, this kind of goes beyond, and it's also not as great as at the same time, a, a national recognition. This is now within the Orthodox communities. How did you come to know that you were in the LGBTQ spectrum? Well, I like to joke that seminary, where, you know, seminary, we're like women's Jewish school. Yeah. yeah, women's Jewish school. It's like 100 girls go to learn Torah for the year and just try not to eat each other out. And um, <laughs> <laughs> okay, great. Go on. That, that was my experience. Um, <laughs> and I'm sure everyone else's. No, but I let's see. It's, it's interesting because, like, growing up Orthodox, it's like so women focused all the time. And men are just so forbidden, Chaz. Like, they're so... It's like you don't look at them. You don't talk to them. You don't touch them. So it's almost easier to to be with women. Like, when you're, when you're so conditioned to be like, don't touch men. Don't talk to men. Don't look at men. It was like, oh, women, chill. Easy. Um, no, that's not totally true. But... But... Yeah, I'll tell you to answer your question. I, the first time I really admitted it to myself was I was uh, 17 and I had a really big crush on one of my best friends, which is a very, very classic lesbian thing, unfortunately. And she was very straight. And I hope she never listens to this. I kind of hope she listens to it. I don't know, personally. Okay. We'll see. <laughs> It'll be good content for everyone. <laughs> we'll we'll have a follow up whether or not your old best friend ended up Listens. hearing this. Yeah, stay well, tuned, listener. Yeah. Well, let me ask this. You know, you said that you were in a particularly strict Froom society, but are all Froom societies like that in the Orthodox world? I, I know I know there's a lot of nuances to the Orthodox world, so I'm curious how, how it might have been different for your world versus others. Yeah, I mean, some are more strict than I was even. I mean, I spoke to boys at certain points <gasps> in my, I know, yeah. scandalous. Scandalous. And I felt terrible. My so rabbi this, was very upset with me. So this 
right now, this interaction that you're having, right? I identify as a male. I'm cisgender. Yeah. Uh, yes. Sorry, I identify as a boy. I'm cisgender. As a man, I'm cisgender, right? So being said, you know, this was forbidden back in the day. This would make you feel ashamed back in the day. I would say it was like a no-no. You know, it wasn't like totally forbidden. Like if you were caught talking to boys, it wouldn't be like you're you know you're a terrible person mm -hmm. but it would definitely be like oh she talks to boys right, right. <laughs> that's what it would be like i'd be like she her skirts like a little bit above her knees and she talks to boys so i don't know how from she is right so what you're saying is people would judge you for doing your life a little bit differently and they would kind of recognize you as a bad jew if you yeah would. yeah <laughs> nice yeah. Yeah, yeah okay thank you just had to plug the show there. Shameless also, wrong. I want I want to reinstall that this question was asked by my community, the the Badju WhatsApp community. So if you are interested in engaging in the Badju WhatsApp community, asking blunt questions like this in a non-judgment zone, be sure to email badjupod at gmail.com or fill out the form in our link tree and you'll be able to be submitted into the WhatsApp group chat where you can ask questions that later on get turned into episodes like this one. Ray, I wanted to ask you, you probably have a verdict by now as to how this happens, but is it possible at all to be LGBTQ and Jewish? Yes. So how is that, how is that possible with the kind of society that you just described? So we mean LGBTQ and Orthodox. Yeah, I guess specifically in that instance, to be to practice traditional Judaism and LGBTQ. Yeah, well, they're okay. It's definitely hard. It's definitely not easy. And I personally am not Orthodox, but I do believe that there is a space for LGBTQ people in Orthodox communities. And I know for a fact that they exist whether they're out or they're not out you guys they're there and and there are out lesbian gay couples in shuls i'm not gonna out them you, you know if they're in your shul but it, listen it's it's a tough challenge but i do think that certain parts of the orthodox spectrum are actually letting in lgbtq people into their services, into their synagogues. So I think it's a slow, it's a slow process, but it is happening. It is happening. And to kind of give people a little bit of context for those who might not be familiar, I think in general, people have enough of a preconceived notion to be familiar with traditional aspects in Judaism. You know, you've probably come across this text at some point, Leviticus 2013. This is where a lot of the uh, prejudices and xenophobia comes from in Judaism and outside of Judaism as well, even in Christianity and Islam. And if a man lies with a male as one lies with a woman, the two of them have done an aberrant thing. They shall be put to death and they retain the blood guilt. So that's a quote from the Torah, you know, it's concerning, right? Nah. No. no, I I know I know what you're talking about. I mean, listen, I think there's a lot of ways to interpret the Torah. 
there's a lot of different psukim verses in the Torah that people interpret that have multiple interpretations. This is one way that it has been interpreted, but there's so many ways that that can be interpreted. You know, I'm glad you used the word interpretation because as I continued doing the research before this interview, I also came across the Times of Israel also had their take on it as well. Times of Israel, here's another article, you know, looking at the precise Hebrew words of Leviticus 2013, it is fascinating to know what we actually see and what is not there. One thing they bring up is that the language between man and male is distinctly different and it's used differently. So in the specific in the specific uh, Hebrew of the of the verse that we just came across, it's uh, normally it's man to woman connection in every instance. Only here does the text digress and use man to male rather than man to man. So what the Times of Israel was speculating, their interpretation of it was that they were actually talking at, about pedophilia, that, you know, you should be stoned to death if you're a pedophile, which I agree with, by the way. I I'm think we can that. all agree. Yeah, yeah. No pedophiles. Right. So that's another interpretation of it. Mm -hmm. Ultimately, I don't know how you verify what God said compared to now, but taking what I've personally learned, we just interviewed Kayla Haver Goldstein. Kayla kind of emphasized the point that the Torah was written in a time for people's understanding during that time. Her episode is, is Judaism sexist? And she talks about that the Torah was written for a time for people to understand it. It was meant to be readable and, and attainable for a people that weren't developed enough. But later on in the Gemara, it does say that we are supposed to adapt, that we are supposed to grow. And Kayla has brought up in multiple different ways, ways that women have rights in certain areas. And because of the old standards in which we did things, the individuals themselves are holding to the, tr to the traditional aspects of it, which causes for a lot of controversy in these different divisions and how we practice and experience Judaism. So for me, you know, what it says is that, you know, very much what Kayla was saying is that we have the Torah and it's written in a certain way, but we're also supposed to adapt and we're also supposed to change our policies over time that the things that were written 3000 years ago are not necessarily written in stone. And that it's not that the Torah is sexist, but it's that people in societies themselves individually have the capability to be sexist. So, a hundred percent, a hundred percent, and I, I and that's that's how I see it too. Like I don't believe in any way Hashem God wants people to feel broken because of Torah. I think Hashem wants. Torah, if you're doing it in the right way, makes people feel whole, makes people feel good. How do you know when you're doing Torah the right way? I don't think there is a right way. There isn't, there isn't like a, oh, this kind of Torah works for every single person. And that's the beauty of it. It's you can find a way to make Torah work for you. Right. And that's how you know you're doing it right. If, if you feel like your life is enhanced and made more beautiful and meaningful by Torah, that's right. 
I would agree with that, except to the extent of if you're using the Torah to justify the harm that you're bringing onto others. Oh, for sure. Given you know. no yeah. harm. Yes. Well, well that doesn't count. Do yeah, but that's not like, oh, that's not me bringing meaning to my life. That's me being an a-hole and bringing <laughs> other people down. Right, right. But yeah, I, I totally agree. I know what you mean. Some Some person could say, oh, this is making me feel good to put you down. But that guy. Right. And that's the thing. We're not supposed to weaponize the Torah. Yeah. It's it's not there to bring others down. I mean, uh, was it Rabbi Hillel who was challenged to summarize the entire Torah while standing on one foot? And he raised a foot and he said, don't do, uh, don't do to others as you do unto yourself. Mm. You know, I think on that basic principle, if you really understood Torah, then you wouldn't you wouldn't patronize, you wouldn't harm, you wouldn't oppress LGBTQ people. So a hundred percent. So then let's pretend I am LGBTQ, right, Ray? How do I practice my Judaism in a safe and meaningful way that still brings the amazing benefits of being Jewish to light? Well, there's lots of options. You can go to shul. You can go to synagogue. You can go to queer synagogues. You can go to not like modern, mo modern, modern Orthodox synagogues that are accepting of queer people. I recently started going back to shul in Los Angeles, and I'm I'm loving it. It's amazing. Can, yeah, it's it's so awesome. Um, you can do Shabbos with friends, which is just who doesn't love like a, a, a dinner party right? with wine. Um, you can learn Torah like Torah. That, and that was one of the hardest things for me is learning how to learn Torah without feeling triggered or shame or judgment. And to be honest, I definitely am still working on it. But it's one of those things where, again, the beauty of Torah is that there's so much there and that you can really find something that that speaks to you. Let's pretend I'm a secular. I come from a secular background. I don't practice Judaism, but I am Jewish, biologically, ethnically. And I also uh, am LGBTQ. What would you say is the easiest way to start studying Torah. Mm. Can I just shout out some organizations? Please, go for okay, it. Okay, you should definitely check out Torah Studio. Uh, they're virtual and they're also in person in Los Angeles. They're a wonderful organization for just learning Torah, but they're like super inclusive and they start at a very base level. Like you don't really need to know any Hebrew or or any previous Torah to do any of their classes. And they have, they're just, a, it's a wonderful organization led by the great Liana Wortman. Um, you can do ECAR. ECAR also has online lessons. Those are the, those are the ones that I do. I like that. But I'm sure there's, there's so many. And what was something that, was there anything that between your childhood and now that you thought you understood it one way and then you later on learned it a different way and it kind of changed your perspective on the Torah? It's a good question. I try. 
<laughs> it's your job. Yeah, it's my job. I'll say, yeah, there's one thing that I think about a lot. Um, there's a quote in the Gemara that goes, there's, that's about uh, a rabbi who used to walk around with two pieces of paper in his pocket, one on his left, one on his right. And on his left, it said, which means the world was created for me. And on the right, it says, which means I am created from the dirt and the dust. <laughs> and it's this, when I, when I used to read it, I was like, oh, this is a nice story of a guy who, you know, has an ego problem sometimes and has insecurity issues sometimes and needs to be reminded of, of one or the other. But now I see it as a, a perfect way of describing the complexities and the dualities that exist within all of us and within Judaism. Mm. That two things can exist at the same time and that doesn't mean one is wrong and one is right. And it doesn't mean we have to be, you're wrong, you're right, I'm wrong, oh, make everything, oh, you're good, you're bad. It's that people are complicated, things are complex, you can hold multiple truths at the same time. And I, I see that also with being LGBTQ and Jewish and like seriously committed to Jew, to Jewish life that wow. they don't have to be opposing each other. I love that. And that actually really speaks to me because you know, personally, you know, I, I've, I've now delved into and experienced, I would say the three major branches of Judaism or sects of Judaism, the classification styles, whatever you want to call it, reform, conservative, orthodox, right? Mm -hmm. I partake in the orthodox community on a regular basis right now. I grew up in a conservative shul and in college, I partook in reform organizations. And as someone who is kind of had a hand in these different walks of life. I think the one thing I struggle with is what is my identity? A lot of people uh, struggle with that. And before they can even decide that that's when they're called a bad Jew by other Jews, because they're not recognized for how they're practicing mm -hmm. and they haven't fully emotionally committed to something. I get caught up in those labels all the time. And because of you know, it's the, in my case, I feel like I'm walking around with three pockets with three different pieces of paper in my hand. One that says uh, you're Jewish enough. Another one that says you're not Jewish enough. And the middle one says, um, why even be Jewish or why? You know, and I, I think that one I ignore the most. I, I, I love being Jewish. I love waking up every morning and wrapping tefillin. Mm -hmm. But it's a complicated, confusing existence, you know when you are emotionally touched by this thing that you're connected to and you want to learn, but there is also an uphill climb on a regular basis for how you're judged on that way. It's very hard to just ignore the judgment because it's, not, it's, by, it's by people that you really care about, you know, mm. it's exhausting. Dude, the judgment is stupid. Yeah, We just, stupid. we have to get over it as a community. It's just, it's literally just, hurting us mm -hmm. it's hurting our people and it's just a waste of time to be honest like it there's, is and i and you know what i think it comes from well first of all it comes from insecurity level yeah. one like if you're happy with where you're at you're not judging other people for what they're doing right so when I when I worry about being judged, I'm like, okay, that's just such a them problem. And I think that's one of the, 
you know, the beauties of the, my struggle of leaving orthodoxy is that I'm at a point where like, I really don't care. Right. Like, you could, I, I, but I had to like go through the fire to then walk out being like, please judge me. I was literally, Chaz, I was literally just on a Pesach program. It was an Orthodox Pesach program on Shabbos. There were guys in like strimals, like seriously from, and I was out here in like my suit and my blazer and my <laughs> loafers. Right. And I was like, I'm just as Jewish as you, bro. Like, right. come at me. Like, I don't, I were don't they, were, they, were they saying something to you? No, I mean, I was getting like looks, right. but, but no one, no, no one outwardly said anything to me. Right. But I think in the past I would have been like, oh no, what are they thinking? Are they judging me? Are they, are, are they, do they think I'm not good enough as a Jew or am I a bad Jew because of this? No, I'm a, I'm an awesome Jew. And my Judaism oh, yeah. is between Say it me. louder for the people in the back. <laughs> I'm an awesome Jew, bro. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like the Jewishy Jew, the Jewishiest Jew. Right. And that's also something for a while I tried to like hide that part of me. And now I'm just like, I can't, you can't escape it. It's so in you. Yeah. It's so part of you. Uh, me. Absolutely. It's so part of me. Well, well said. I, I think that, you know, the judgment might be quieter now. You know, but I think that that has to do with some of the trends that we are seeing right now. This is from a, a magazine called The Conversation. This article was written by Orit Avishai and basically talk, you know, this person's talking about how, you know, we're seeing that in traditional Judaism, it's starting to change its tune a bit, you know, deviant and pathological well into the 20th century. That's what the same sex attraction was considered. But there was a there was a there was a, a survey done. Seventy eight percent of rabbis surveys, which included those serving modern Orthodox congregations, did not want to exclude the children of gay parents from life cycle celebrations, uh, and many other instances out there. So, you know, it's 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 the concept. I didn't highlight this part, but right below it says tolerance without legitimacy, and that is, you know, something that that's kind of I would say the status of where a lot of Jews in the traditional communities go right now. It's tolerance without legitimacy. You know, that's, that's, that's kind of where we are now, which is, I think, a better place to be. But it's still not there. So we have a lot yeah, to Yeah, I don't love it. I don't, it's not my fave. Well, Ray, if you had a message that you could pass on to those who do not grant you legitimacy, that do not recognize you, for the way that you live your life or the way that you practice your Judaism, what do you say to them? You're doing it wrong. You're doing it wrong. That's not what Hashem wants. Hashem does not want his or her people to feel broken or bad. Hashem wants the Jewish people to all be together and to be included. I know I, that's what I believe. And that, that's how I, that's how I see the world. Well said. And thank you so much, Ray, for passing on that powerful message. I also want to share that Ray has a podcast coming out called Yenta, a secret comedy podcast. I'm really pumped about that. What can people expect when they're checking out Yenta? Okay, okay, I'm gonna put on my Yenta voice now, everybody. This is this is me as a Yenta. 
this is what the podcast is about okay I bring so i'm a, i'm a comedian in this in this podcast i was very serious but i i do i do comedy and i bring on my favorite comedian guests and friends and i make a yenta with them and you all know because you're all jewish that yenta means a gossip so i gossip with them i bring them on my podcast and i make them tell me their secrets but please don't listen to the podcast okay there's too many secrets that i really don't want you to hear so just don't listen to it go listen to something else listen to this podcast this is way better I detect some reverse psychology there. I appreciate how humble that was, but uh, great job on that. And should people want to get in touch with you, what is the best way they can connect? I am at Ray on the way, R-A-Y-E on the way, on Instagram, on TikTok, on YouTube, on Twitter. I'm, I'm consistent. You can also find me on my website at rayshiller.com. I have a contact page. I would love to hear from you. I love to hear from people. If my story spoke to you at all, that's literally why I do it, just to talk to people that care about these kinds of issues. So please DM me, message me. I'm around. I do answer all of my DMs. And I think I want to emphasize that point that you just said, Ray, which is, that you are a resource for those who are trying to get out of their situation, not necessarily their society or their community, but to understand themselves better. I think Ray, given their experiences that they have had, you know, speak with Ray, just saying hello and breaking that ice. There's no consequence to that. And, you know, just starting a conversation from there, I know for a fact that Ray and her and their inclusive nature will be able to help you understand what this part of your life means and to go from there in the sense of how can you continue Judaism while still mm -hmm. maintaining your identity in its, in its most authentic form. Yes. And just if you're out there and you're queer and you're Jewish and you're listening to this, know that I have so much love for you and you are, you're a strong, you're doing a Kiddush Hashem by being who you are. <laughs> well said. I love that. Ray, thank you so much for being on the Bad Jew podcast, and we'll see everyone next week. Shalom. Sure.